Hello. You are listening to En Her Element podcast, featuring Maria Elena Madokin and Leo Cadia Chuafe. Enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Mary Elena Mariquin. And I'm Leica Diachwafe. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> How are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm doing really good. Um, I feel like I'm doing good this week. Last week, I wasn't really doing well mentally, to be quite honest. So I took like a week off of running for my marathon training. And I've also been doing like this like health program to like get me like in shape and like ready for the marathon. Yeah. Who's your health coach? <laughs> um, I am so glad that you asked. <laughs> um, so Marietta is my health coach and it's okay if I say her name, Liz. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, I won't say her last name. Yeah. Um, Marietta and Liz, um, who's like, it's like Marietta's like coach and Liz is also my health coach too. Marla's mm-hmm. my coach, and Liz is kind of like, you know, like the humble. Yeah. Um, but no, they've been uh, health coaching me for my marathon training, which is really cool because as, like, I'm, like, doing this marathon training, which I've been doing for months, and my marathon is, and I don't have my thumb on me, but. It's, 67 days. I wrote it down. Oh, 67 days. It's, like, one of those things where, like, there's so much more to it than just like walking out the door and like running a lot of it it's like one you have to put the effort into but also food is like super important and like what I'm realizing is like everyone's body reacts and does things differently like kind of like prior I was just kind of eating whatever and like Eric one of my roommates he is a runner and his entire family or athletes but that's beside the point um he is a runner so like when he was like training for his Ironman he was very much like he just ate like a bunch of like junk food and but that like worked for him you know and he was kind of telling like you just gotta like eat and like I was doing that in the beginning and like my body doesn't process the same ways as Eric's obviously we're two very yeah well also Eric is like a white man right Right, and you're a black woman right so yeah so like definitely we're our bodies are composed very, very differently. And it kind of got to a point where it's like, yeah, I can eat a hamburger and I'm just burning calories, but like, I don't feel good and it's making me not want to run. So doing this health coaching has been like really, really good because like, no, for real, the Marla's like dancing, like, but for real, like, it's like one of those things where like, one, I think it's helping me set a foot on how to eat right in general. Like after I do like mm-hmm. the marathon, you know, I'm not going to be doing marathons forever. Also, this I don't know if I want to do another one. This is just like, I'll see after I finish this one. But the point is, is like, okay, I'm having like a basis for how to eat well. And then two, like, I feel like really good when I'm like running. So that has been like going well. And also, interestingly enough, like learning the unlearning things that I have learned about food. I don't know, doing this whole entire, it was funny, I was on to Eric again today because he came for lunch and we were talking about doing the marathon and it's like one of those things, it's a very mental and like spiritual experience. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was running, when I was running about, you know, three or four years ago, like for me, it was very religious. It was my time of prayer and my time of like, for a lot of time, I was just, like, offering it up, like, a lot of just, like, suffering that I was going through. Like, I'm just, like, all right, I'm going to do this quarter of a mile for, you know, women who don't know Jesus or, like, 
people who, you know, are falling away from the church, whatever, you know, and so. Right, yeah, and it's, like, one of those things where, like, throughout this, pro- like, you can, like, run, it's one of those things where, like, like, you could run, but, like, to do the training and the mental stuff and spiritual stuff is really interesting, because I didn't tend that to be, but, like, mm. a lot of things have happened this year, and so the marathon training is interesting, because I feel like it's, like, highlighting a lot of those things, and a lot mm. of, unfortunate insecurities that I have, too, and things like yeah. that. So I'm really going through this process of trying, like, I think, like, figure myself out in a new way for the first time. Yeah. Time. So doing that and, like, trying to eat right and then also going back to the gym because I've been traveling for work. Like, I still am, but I was like, I have to go back to the gym because this will, the strength training will help with my marathon. So uh, it's been a lot. It's definitely been a very emotional ride. You can talk to certain people and they'll just be like, yeah, she's really been going through it. So, um, but all in all, it's like really good. Like this week I feel good and I'm really excited. And I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of like really like my update. How about you? I'm good. Um, I feel like I have the most stressful three weeks of my life coming up um, because I guess by the time this comes out, oh no, by the time this comes out, I won't, but I've already signed the contract, so it's whatever. Um, but I, but I, I took a full-time job offer, um, with an organization here in Kansas City and I'm excited. I'm nervous. I think I'm very nervous. Um, but I'm also excited to go back into the office. I'm going to retain one client from my client list. Um, that's another project that I'm super excited about. So like professionally, my life is going to be in a very, 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 very good place. Um, come September one. Um, so financially things are falling into place. I'm not going to stop health coaching. I love health coaching. I found something that, I always wanted to do and I was like too scared to do it because I felt like I wasn't the right size or I wasn't I didn't look like a health coach but um I'm I'm helping a lot of people um and I am excited to learn more and more and like my next step with health coaching is becoming a certified health coach and like getting that certification yeah getting that certification and um being able to just help more people and like put those initials, you know, um, in front of my name. Exactly. It's also so. one of those things, too. I think we need more people who, like, look like you, right? People who may not look like the typical size, people who are not, like, white women either. You know, I'm you know, never like, going to be skinny, right? Like, I, I, I will always have hips, and I will always have a butt. I'm an I – there is a size. There is a number that I want to be. But that number still, no matter what, is not skinny. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like your body is just like made different as, as everyone else's. So it's kind of cool mm-hmm. to like, it's like, I think, I think you meant, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like yeah. having more people in the room that look like you. And we talked about mm-hmm. that a lot in like various different spaces and all with walks and types of life. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, no, well, for sure. Well, like one of those things where like people who, who look like you. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I talked about with my health coach first thing. I was like, where's the people with melanin at? <laughs> right, right. Also, so. Otto, I, I just want to say this real quick. It's related to the health coaching, but I thought of you when I saw this. So, and it kind of inter- interesting thing about, like, foods. There was this, um, there's this Instagram person I follow. It's, like, mm, I forget the name, like, healthy African food or something. But it's, like, taking, like, traditional, like, African dishes, but, like, 
making them healthy. So it's either like mm-hmm. swapping things out or being like eat this certain amount of things for like mm-hmm. and it was like one of those things that made me realize as I was as I'm kind of going through this health coaching with you I don't cook African food so I can't say too much but it's like one of those things where like all these foods are good but like not everyone eats all these foods either don't have access like my mom my mom was like I want African food and she's so upset that me and my students don't know how to cook African food but to say that in the sense of just like if my mom wants to eat healthy she's just going to eat the African dish that she knows and like customize it and it kind of just remind me and looking at this like Instagram page of just like part of like this health journey coaching is like mm-hmm. making different cultural foods like healthy or like using the yeah same stuff. or they've like, never uh-huh. they've never not been healthy we've just been making them in a way that's quicker or in a way that is um less less healthy right for for example the basis of african cooking and caribbean cooking if we're very honest we have very similar flavors and very similar um ingredients in the basis of those those are mostly um healthy we're you know in an age of an air fryer or in an age of an oven like let's not fry things (laughs) right let's not fry our chicken let's put it in the air fryer right seasoning let's season it exactly the same way we would. And you know, you've had my cooking. You know, I'm not a wimpy wimp in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> so thank you. He's one of the five people that feed me in life. <laughs> <laughs> but um, definitely cooking in a way that's healthy and um, making sure that we have our, our proper portions, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, for sure. I definitely love that. You should send that to me and our listeners. Yeah, when I when I find it, I forget the name, but when I find it, I'll send you. Oh, it was just a good example of using like, food that a group of people culturally know but just mm. healthy for, and that's important right like yeah. some, people, some people don't like eating like i don't know kale cuisine yeah, some cuisine people don't like is one of but like you know, ew like <laughs> i don't know what you said but i was still trying to figure out like a healthy dish that like some people don't like but if you made like rice and plantains and like beans you can make a healthy version of that because there's a group of people who like that they may yeah. not like with me that those plantains and rice and beans healthy they'll still be happy and still be yep. happy. So, I, don't know. I got you i got you i'll send it to you um well cuisine is one of the ways that we connect to our culture along with a language so i'm glad that we talked about food for so long because we are going to be talking about language in our episode today. Um, as you see, the title of this episode is called En Esta Casa Se Habla Español. Um, roughly translated to In This House, We Speak Spanish. Um, and this was a common phrase in my house 17 times a day. Um, try that again in Spanish. Um, el televisor no habla español inglés. The TV doesn't speak English. Like, I was like six or seven before I like had the gall to change the channel in my granddad's house. <laughs> I kid you not. They had one of those box big screen TVs, one of those first ones that weighed like 700 pounds. Ooh, oh, and, yeah, those. and it was the Spanish channel 110% of the time or the other Spanish channel. Those were our two options. So I just wanted to chat with you. Go ahead. It was, was, um, Univision was that was that on at that time? Is was like yeah, uni, Univision. See, si. yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to know if it like it existed. Like it's I know it's existed for a long time, but you know, yeah. I just I feel like I just knew about it, like ten years ago. By yeah, well, 
Univision and Telemundo were the biggest shows, the biggest providers of Spanish television while I was growing up. Now, with the access of digital technology, we have Univision, Guapa, all different kinds of places from all over the world. But, um, but yeah. So, um, so yeah. And I just wanted to chat with you. I don't think we've ever actually had this conversation. Like, what language did you grow up speaking? I mean, you know that I grew up speaking Spanish. I speak Spanish whenever I freaking can. Um, I love Spanish. I love the intricacies of the language. I love. I love that words that are non-translatable. Um, I love that, and I didn't always love, right, that I spoke Spanish um, or that I was forced to speak Spanish. But I just wanted to have that conversation online with you. How does that sound? Perfect. I'm excited for this conversation because I have some yeah. thoughts. Well, I'm, girl, we got the next 30 minutes. <laughs> okay, let's go now <laughs> so okay so i don't even know this but what is the primary language in um oh my gosh in the i just forgot your country in, in oh, um cameroon <laughs> yeah in the jumbo household um so my so i guess my immediate family so yeah so miss jumbo's household um it's english is the primary uh language in the household um but uh that is not the but it's not my first language actually actually okay so english is the primary language in our household but it's not my primary language my so my family's from cameroon and we're from the french side of cameroon so cameroon has two national languages english and french we're from the french side um so french was my primary language but then also within that we have our tribal language which is Nufi, or sometimes depending on who you're talking to, is called Bafa. So Bafa and Nufi, depending on who you're talking to, they may use those words interchangeably. And your parents are from different tribes, correct? No, they're from the same tribe, but different villages. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. no. I knew they were from different places. I knew that they weren't, they didn't report to the same king. I knew that. Yeah, so they have, so they have two different chiefs. And my uh-huh. mom's chief happens to be the chief, the chief, like the big chief of all the like surrounding. I think maybe like five chiefs in this uh, tribe, but they're from the same tribe but different villages. But their villages are next door to each other, so you know, okay. they're, they're, like they're kind of the same, but like not the same. But they speak the same language, so your parents yes. could communicate with one language to each other, and they had the option to communicate in Nufi or correct or Bafon. Yeah, or, or you can use either one. Like it's okay. Um, so they're growing up when my parents wanted to, when my parents were talking to each other, they'll speak in Nufi. They wouldn't even speak French. They'll speak Nufi. And mm-hmm. all my mom's siblings, they all they all speak Nufi with each other. And then now, do you uh, speak Nufi? So no, I don't. So there's see, there's many layers to this conversation when it comes to, like English, French, and Nufi. But like, I guess to answer this question, and then we'll go into details later. I don't. Sure, speak, sure. But French, French and Nufi were my first languages, and I spoke them for the first like five years of my life. So I didn't speak English growing up. Um, but then when I went to kindergarten, so you didn't speak English during your formative years. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. However, when I entered kindergarten. I couldn't speak any English, <laughs> right? Mm. So I, I, I got accepted to the school that I went, I went to Catholic school. I don't know, you had to take a test again. That's, that's not the point. The point is, when I started kindergarten, I couldn't speak English. And at that point, the teacher's like, hey, like, 
you need to speak English to your child at home. She, uh, she, uh, yes, they're, they're like, she can't communicate. So then that started me, like, I went to summer school for all the Vietnamese kids. Shout out to all those homies. They were great. It was, it was like us. It was like me yeah. and like their Vietnamese kids. It was really fun. Um, but, besides, but really, like, after that, my parents started strictly speaking English to me at home. That is so frustrating to me. And I'm so grateful that that wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that a lot of my peers, that has been their experience. Right. And that is a form of... That is a form of educational colonization that, man. It's one of those things where, like, now as, like, now as an adult and, like, now I look at, like, not that I have many, no many school-age children personally, but now education Mm -hmm. is different where they are, like, yes, we, like, yes, your child, if your child's going to be in American school, they need to speak English, but we encourage you to also Mm -hmm. speak your language at home and speak Mm -hmm. English. Because I think at that Mm -hmm. time, this was, like, 2001, 2002, Mm-hmm. It wasn't like knowledge in the education field that like mm-hmm. your child can hold like two, three, four, five languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Swapping words left and right, but it doesn't mm-hmm. stunt their growth. And I think for the longest time, it was partially like stunt. Well, they were thinking, oh, it stunt their growth, and also just like I don't know whatever race they have. It's just assimilation, right? It's, yeah, assimilation. But now the language is different, where they're like, you can do both, like have both in your household, like. English mm-hmm. because if you're going to go to American school, you need to speak English, but also like encouraging parents to keep their whatever native language at home. Mm-hmm. That was the case in the very early 2000s. Yeah. Well, it's also like I saw this meme really early on, like a while ago, and it's like, oh, Princess Charlotte speaks three languages. Um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, a white people speak three languages, and that's encouraged. But let a brown kid or a black kid speak multiple languages, and it's like, shh, we ain't, we speak English, you exactly. know? Exactly. Princess Charlotte, great that she speaks three languages. But, like, <laughs> she is not the she is not yeah. out in that aspect. There are kids like, out there speaking five, six, seven languages. Yeah, like, exactly. She's no, for sure. She's not unique in that aspect, really. She's yeah, not, but she's cute. So okay, so in in. In summation, mm-hmm. Leocadia, when she was growing up, little baby Leocadia spoke Bafant or Nufi, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. And then French. And yeah. then at five years old, you started transitioning to English only. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And then did you take any like, like classes, any foreign languages in school? See, and now this, this is when the conversation starts to get interesting. Because, like, for years after that, and, like, there's, 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 we could talk about this all day, but we're not. But for years after that, uh, I wouldn't really care for speaking French. Like, and it's also one of those things, too. The, the layer behind that is, like, mm, I didn't care, really, and my parents were speaking. But also at the same time, too, I don't, the only family in the States is my immediate family. Mm. And, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of money to go to, like, France or Cameroon really you know what I mean so right these were like where am I going to use this French like I'm not seeing my family like every year you know what I mean so it was like yeah so uh it was really in high school that I started taking French classes and it was kind of like oh like this is fun this is cool and I really really enjoyed it but the thing was it was in college where 
uh, I think it was my sophomore year, me and my sister went to France to visit my grandparents. Oh yeah, well, oh, this was the turning point. This was the turning point in my life. We went to France and uh, we, of course, visited my grandparents and my family. And I had this moment where I was very upset where I couldn't communicate with my grandparents. Mm. They don't speak, they don't speak, let me tell you, George or Justine don't speak a lick of English, okay? And so, oh, George. George, May he George. rest in peace. I know. Shout out to George. I'll say homie. But that's beside the point. Um, but no, I couldn't speak any English to them. Like, they didn't understand. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, most of my cousins speak English. See, as well. See also, they, they are speaking two, three languages. Okay. But most of my cousins speak English. So, I was fortunate that they were, like, translated for me. But it was one of those things where I was very frustrated. It was like, I can't hold a conversation with my own grandparents. Like I had to have someone as mm. And I really, really didn't like that. So that was actually the turning point where like that year, oh, you told me to pause. Oh no, so that year I like uh, took French classes in college and then junior year I spent an entire year in France just so I could like, learn French. And then yeah. I learned French and then I came Is back. Is your French pretty good? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's more conversational. It was better when I was there, obviously, but it's definitely more conversational. Yeah, yeah. So, but, we'll have to practice my French with you. That's true. We, we gotta do that at some point. It's, it's a little, it's I don't, a little like, but like, I hate speaking French. French. No. Well, my, my French is good when I'm in France. When <laughs> <laughs> I'm in France. Um, I will say Or my, in Belgium. <laughs> I will say my French cousin, Benoit, um, who is a white Frenchman that is married into the family. Um, every time I see he says my French keeps getting better. And honestly, I'm making me happy. So. so, yeah. That's good. So, okay. So, what my primary language. Yeah. So, my primary language growing up was Spanish. So, I mean, at home, like, I didn't really speak English to my grandparents until I was an adult and I graduated college. Like, that's how terrified I was to speak English to my grandparents. Oh, wow. Like, I always spoke Spanish. Always, always, always. So, I grew up in a household where it was, like, my mom and my stepdad. And my mom's Puerto Rican. So, her her Caribbean Spanish is a little bit different than my stepdad's, which is from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, my father, is from Central America, from Guatemala. And he speaks this, like... Central American Spanish and it's it's just these little different accents even within Latin America where you're like oh that guy is Mexican or that guy is Guatemalan or oh she is definitely Puerto Rican um and it was just like different little words so it just like I had to like there was times where like because it was my primary language and because I was growing up in a place where it was encouraged for me to speak Spanish um and the thing is like out of all of my cousins and siblings, I'm the one who speaks the best Spanish, hands down. Is it the best Spanish? And because also, if look, if you're speaking Spanish, I wouldn't know anything different. Mm-hmm. Is it like grammar? Is like your grammar's really good? My grammar is on point. Like, I know grammar like nobody's freaking business. Like, I can tell you pra- past, press, and preterite. Like, you go to, like, a school, or did you, like... So, that was the thing, was that my parents made sure that I studied Spanish in school like I would and then my like parents also like sit down and buy me like Spanish books and like my sister does not remember this so I don't know if I'm making this up um but like we had Spanish class like at home and we would like read and and do stuff in Spanish like I remember this maybe it was just I got punished 
but most of my punishment was in form of education, which is kind of funny because now I'm brilliant. <laughs> I love when parents do that. It's, it's hilarious. It's because it it's like punishment then, but later on you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But um, so I, I, my grammar is like great, and like people. So it's really interesting because growing up, people are like. Oh, wow. And it's not, it's now as an adult where if I'm not speaking Spanish on purpose, I'm forgetting a lot of words and I hate it because when I was little, everyone would always, oh, Mari, your Spanish is so good. Like Mari, like you, you speak Spanish so well. And even now, like occasionally, like I'll get some people to say like, you speak Spanish really well, but my friends who are very picky about the language um, are kind of like, Oh, you should know that. And it's just because I don't use it, right? For the past eight years, I have been taken out of my little bubble where I use Spanish. I use Spanish all the time. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not forced to speak Spanish. And it's really affecting me. And it's, like, affecting my pride in my ability to speak Spanish. Although I can still speak Spanish. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. It's still there, y'all. But I think that, um, you know, that growing up, that was my primary language. But... What I wanted to say was, depending on which parent unit I was talking to, so if I was talking to my mom, mm-hmm. um, I would have to say certain Caribbean words because, like, she, those are the ones that she was more accustomed to, mm-hmm. right? And, like, if I'm speaking to my father, I have to use certain words because those are the ones he's accustomed to. And he would, like, make fun of me um, if I say those words. It's like, that's not a real word. I'm like, actually, pause it is. <laughs> so, like, even within, like, the Spanish speaking world, there's just a lot of ways to communicate. And I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, oh, do you speak the same kind of Spanish? And I was like, it's all Spanish. Like you just have to give each other grace and be like, oh, what do you call that in this country? <laughs> like, um, right, right. But I'm also a lot more well-traveled. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and so, okay. So we both grew up pretty much for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so did you ever have to take English language? I guess you had to take English language learner classes, correct? I did, yeah. I have so yeah. I, I have memory. I have memories of it. I don't know. I had a, also, also I had a good time. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. very small, so I don't know what they're going to do, but they made it Right. Fun. <laughs> so I went to preschool. So when I went to preschool, I came home saying, um, I don't speak Spanish anymore. And my parents nipped that in the bud real quick. They're like, mm-mm. And that's pretty much the first time I heard, en esta casa se habla español. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm speaking Spanish. <laughs> um, I'm Spanish. <laughs> but it was, it, went, it was like from night and day. It was from like not speaking a word of English to then all of a sudden speaking English. Because my, my, my aunt and uncle, I'm like the my grandparents' business, like, I heard English all the time, mm-hmm. right? I just chose not to speak it. Right. Also, it was, so, it was, like, why would you? And also, your parents were very much, mm, no. Yeah, exactly. And then also growing up, I went to the Puerto Rican Community Daycare Center. Oh, so you didn't so, why, why, why right. English? We could, but why? But the thing is, everything was in English and in Spanish. Mm. So even my school... That was like a Montessori like ish program. Mm-hmm. I use that word very lightly. Um, like prepared me for a bilingual world. Mm-hmm. So I'm like super lucky. 
that that's like what I was like immersed in. And so I never went to English language learner classes. Like I, I was slow in reading and writing, but I seriously think that that was just because my parents didn't read to me <laughs> because right. now I'm a great reader. Right. It was more of like, right. you're not reading, you're not reading, you know? Right. Um, but it wasn't a language thing and it wasn't a capacity thing because I was like speaking in full sentences. Right. And so kind of to your point, like your, your growth isn't stunted. Like you don't get retardation from speaking more languages. Right. right. Like also, as a child, you, you take things up like a sponge. There's a reason why they say start learning languages. Like not that you can never learn a language, but there's a reason right. why they start learning a language when you're young, because you're, you will easily absorb all that information. But it's like really unfortunate that like, that wasn't like the case knowledge, knowledge in quotes, you can't see me, knowledge in quotes. Mm-hmm. Because also the thing about that, that like I think hurts me and like the thing about like language, it's like really part of like culture. So just like mm-hmm. and and all the other stuff like yeah part so like for the longest time I felt really really lost in some way because Mm. I was just like like there's this culture there's many layers as to why I felt but one layer was just like I don't speak like this language that Mm. my family and parents speak that's very much part of my language and you can go on and live your life without speaking a language part of your culture but it gets to a point where it's like it's it's very it's very intricate like it's like it's like part of it and there's also another layer to it too that i i like learned and realized in college too i think it's important to note that like right there's there's many different types of colonization like so like in the u.s there's like this like like making everyone like speak english right and like there's a generation Mm -hmm. who like was not fortunate enough to like learn their parents like at our home for various reasons but then there's also the idea too i think it's important to know that like french is a colonizer language right so like the like so in africa the majority of the majority there's a lot of african countries that are francophone african countries francophone means that like french speaking right i have to i have to def- define that because there is a lot of people don't know what the word francophone means i'm so francophone mm-hmm. like like a like you're French speaking or like kind of like from not from France but French speaking. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of like francophone countries, as with the rest of like a lot of African countries, have their own native languages. There were millions mm-hmm. and millions of languages in Africa, and so it's like one of those things too, where like I don't know French, but it's like I don't know like Nufi, and like French is a colonizer language. And I don't think I fully mm-hmm. comprehended that until I was in college my senior year. I took a class mm-hmm. on Africa in the novel, something like that, and it was like learning about like Africa. Primarily West Africa in novels. So, so of Texas, we had like different like novels. It was really really mm-hmm. good. And there is this book that I'm gonna put in the chat or whatever. But once I remember it, but I recommend this book to everyone. And it really talks about like the English coming in and like colonizing. I think it's Arde Ghana or like Nigeria. Um, mm-hmm. but idea, though that like there's also a generation of like Africans who like don't know their like parents' native tongue. Right, in my family, all of the aunts and uncles know Nufi. None of the grandchildren or great grandchildren know, except for one, Breeze, who's the oldest. And the only reason he learned was so he could hear all the family adult gossip. Because in Mm. our family, what we do is if they don't want the kids to hear, they switch to Nufi. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, but Breeze, that motherfucker, he knows. But all, that, <laughs> but 
all that to say, right? There's even a generation. I get really emotional, right? Like this is what happened. This is what happened in Hawaii, right? Like there's generations of people in Hawaii that don't speak, that don't speak the language, and like there's generate like there's there's generations upon generations upon generations of people in Puerto Rico that do not speak the Taino language, mm. right? Tainos are still there, but we're still using the colonizer language, right? Like even in the you know, English is a colonizer language. Um, right. So for sure, no, I totally get that. And like, I remember like, yeah, no, I remember like hearing like French Creole for the first time and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Right? And Equatorial New Guinea is it um Equatorial New Guinea, right? Is the place the only African speaking country that's language is Spanish. Yes, that is correct. I think it's Equatorial Guinea. All these New Guinea. I think it's like just Equatorial Guinea. I think so. Equatorial So one of those countries and I apologize for not knowing this. Mm-hmm. Guinea Equatorial. That's yes. what we call it in Spanish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah uh, They speak Spanish. And their Spanish is a mix of this beautiful Spanish with like African. Mm, I love it. I love it so <laughs> much. That's our next It just, it really, I love it. And like, and that's the thing is like, we, we make language what we need it, right? Like language is a tool. Um, and that kind of, kind of, kind of segues me into kind of where I wanted to chat. Like, it's really sad when there's generations of people that aren't speaking our parent, our 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 modern, our parents' um, heart language or their their mother tongue, right? That's what I call it, my heart language. I don't call it my mother tongue because I have mom wounds, <laughs> but I do call it my heart language because that's the language of my heart. That's the language that my heart rejoices in. That's the language that my heart also mourns in, right, and sorrows in, and it's like. Ay, Dios mío, ay, ay, ay. Those are the things, like, that come out of me, right, when I don't have the words to express. And that's really sad that you can't do it in your own language. But my other question is, have you and your cousins kind of picked this, like, English, French, Nufi kind of, like, mixture? No, it's just me. And I, so our our family's really, our family's interesting because, like, Everybody speaks French, like, of course, except for me and my siblings. And then I have cousins in Germany who actually one of them knows French, but he had to learn it in school. Um, but they don't speak French, so they speak like German and we speak English. So we're kind of like the odd ones in the family. Yeah, yeah. The main language. But for me, I have decided to take upon Franglish for myself. So yes. I find French really is it's it's French, but then it's a combination of English. It was kind of funny the other day. Our family we have like a we have a cousin group chat, um, and we're all like chatting in it. And like I and like someone like mentioned me. Like I had a, a cousin recently just had a kid, so we're all joking like, oh, who's gonna be next in line to like have a kid? And like technically it's like my other cousin, and then like me. I I, I, I in French in my Franglish, I was like, no, Gabby, Citois, like you are next. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like for me, I I use like a, a Franglish. Thing. And I've become like yeah. comfortable in it. Just, yeah. of course, it's best to like know like French, French, but like I feel yeah, like yeah. I'm on my own, you know. And they all because well, I think, right? Because like we language is a tool, and I think that three years ago, if you would have asked me like 
oh, you know, do you speak Spanglish? I would say vehemently, absolutely not. I hate it. But the more that I learn about language and the more that I learn about my own heart language and how I want to, you know, raise children and how my friends are raising children, like, yes, I want to be able to bring Spanish into our home um, and into my spaces. Like, I realize I don't talk to Jersey enough in Spanish. Um, You know, it sounds silly, but, like, you know, and, like, I try to listen. I try to incorporate Spanish as much as I can. I try to listen to Spanish and Spanglish, you know, TV shows and news shows. And, like, I really go out of my way to incorporate um, this language that I love, that my, you know, this, this heart language, as I call it, into my life. But also being really okay with, um, especially some of those friends that I have that do speak Spanglish, to just, like, just, like, speak in the way that is most comfortable to me. Um, And I'm realizing that what, like, yes, I want my children to speak Spanish. Absolutely. But probably statistically speaking, my kids are going to speak Spanglish, right? Like that will probably be their primary language, right? Because at one point I'm going to be like, avanza, let's go. We got to go. Vamanos. And that's just going to be so natural to me. Um, that my children will speak Spanglish, and I don't think that it needs to be frowned upon. No, um, no. And I think for a really mm-hmm. no, I think also the, the cool thing about language is that language like evolves and shapes over time, and also, and also we we talk we sometimes talk about we like blame like the education system like ah they didn't allow me to speak French at home this and that, but also at the same time like depending on where you live and primarily grow up, it also like affects like you know where you are like me growing up in the states and not having extended family near me you know in some way or another like my french probably would have been better but at some point i probably would be speaking like franklish right yeah like an interesting version of french just because it's like the environment that i'm in you know what i mean and like that's okay too you know like yeah language continuously evolves and shapes and Trans and transforms. It's just another tool to communicate, but also another tool to connect you to your roots, whatever your roots are. But it doesn't have to be like yeah. the only thing that connects you to your roots. And I think that that I mean the title of our podcast is "In Her Element," right? Yeah. And it's it's a it's a Frank Spanglish it is, <laughs> little right? title that we made, made it because it's who we are. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's who we are for sure. All so we've come to a segment in our podcast that we just called Time for Advice. <laughs> I, there is this so. time, I think, for future episodes, I'll have some tea. So it'll be like tea time advice. You know? Tea time advice. Uh-huh. All right. So, okay. How, just quick, three tips on how we can incorporate our heart languages into our everyday life. Um, first thing, try to listen to it as much as you can. So listen, mm. I think, yeah, like, socials music television that's like the easiest way that's what i do um that that's one way i do it the second way that i personally do it is when actually recently when i was in france i actually bought i went to uh, uh the Basil- a basilica that's in Lyon, and i bought a book of common uh prayers in the catholic church but that are in french oh um, so like that is something that i they're all prayers that i know but like in english right i know some prayers in french but all of it so that's one way i want to incorporate so if i want to say like the nicene creed i'll just like 
pull up in French and like say the Nicene Creed. I don't know what I'm supposed to say it. I don't think church, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. and that's my way. Um, and um, I, I think I only really have two, to be honest. So that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some of the best advice that I got, especially with me. I realized that my professional Spanish was not where I wanted it to be. Like I knew all of these words and I knew how to use them, but because I wasn't using them on a professional basis, like every day or even every week or once a week, um, I have intentionally put myself in work groups that were Spanish speaking only work groups. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have that um, luxury that a lot of the work that I do can be done in Spanish as well. Um, and sometimes there has to be advocates um in those spaces and just really using that to my advantage so i remember the first time that i was in a spanish-speaking work group only um it stretched me and i got really verklempt and i got really emotional in the group and i was like i was like tears like it wasn't like a little bit it was like tears and they're like it's a group it's a group of latinos mostly women so they kind of knew and i was like and it was a spanish-only work group and i said es la primera vez que puedo usar mi lengua materna para comunicarme en un, en un lugar profesional, en un sitio profesional, which roughly translates like, this is the first time that I could use my mother language um, to in a professional setting. And I was like, I mean, I translated all the time, but I was conveying like very like important um, concepts. Um, and so very complex concepts. And I don't, I don't, I don't think about my work in Spanish. So, um, Put, yeah. intentionally one put yourself in those like difficult spaces uh-huh. um if you can if you can't take little steps right then listen to the music like right buy the book right mm-hmm. but if you're in a place where you're like i'm confident enough that i am going to put myself in these in these workshops and these work groups go ahead and do it um and if you're not confident enough there's so many people that are going to give you so much grace for trying and we're going to help you And I know that that's another thing. That would be my second one is like, give yourself a lot of grace and extend grace to others. Um, Whenever anyone tells me I want to learn Spanish, I'm like, podemos practicar. We can practice, right? And they're like, oh, but I'm too nervous. No hay que estar nervioso. You don't have to be nervous. Porque yo también estoy aprendiendo. Because I'm also learning, right? Um, When I was learning Dutch, I was very hard on myself, right? Because I'm like, oh, this is so hard. I'm so old. I can't be learning a new language at 29. Um, And then my third would be to intentionally listen to things outside of your level of language. So, like, whether it's whether it's even um, above or below, right? To grow um, and to remember those quick, quick little synapses. So whether that's music or um, or um, riddles or nursery rhymes, or then that big stuff like, I remember I read an entire paper um, in Spanish for one of my classes because I wanted to get this from the correct source um, without translation. And I told my professor, I'm like, hey, this document's in Spanish. He's like, hey, do you understand it? And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he goes, have at it. You know, so like, again, intentionally looking for those places where you're going to get stretched. Um, So, yeah, so I would say, like, look for those work groups, too. Um, What was my second one? Um, 
<laughs> give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. And then three, um, go outside of your level, whether go down or up, um, just to be able to continue to stretch yourself. Right. Um, so. I would say my, I have, I have a third thing. Um, I would say fake it till you make it. Uh, yeah. It. No, that is key because I think, and I'm going to say this, it also depends on what language living you're in, but I think a lot of times we downplay how much we know in a particular language mm. and we're afraid. That's how me, I think I downplay my French a lot. And mm. honestly, one thing like my cousin, shout out to Benoit, one thing that my cousin Benoit, cousin Law, I should say actually, like really said was just like, just like talk, you know what I mean? Like, like like we understand you so it's one of the seeds like race mm-hmm. but also like you just gotta start blabbering shit out yeah like, and like you make and know a lot more sense than you actually think you do and so yeah like, for sure are our own biggest critics so just yeah. make it till you make it blabber yeah out. if you gotta put some, blabber english, put some english honestly i think i mean yeah for sure and like as a person who who is goal in life before she dies is to be a polyglot um, I'm almost there. Speaks multiple. Polly? I thought it was more multiple, multiple okay, languages. Okay, maybe. Either way, it's multiple. I just feel like I heard that in someone's book by languages. I don't know. Maybe anyway, multiple languages. So, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting there. You know a few. Right? I have a few. I know three for sure definitely under my belt. And then I pretend to, to, to hate to speak French. One day you're gonna meet my family, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then you're just gonna speak like great French with them. I'm like, wow, we love your French. And you're like, oh, I hate speaking it, but I have to because I'm here. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, um, <laughs> crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> they're gonna be like, oh, this American girl. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, well, guys, this is the end of our episode. It's been great. It has. It's been good. I yeah. this topic. I did too. I feel like this could be like a part two sometime. Oh, oh, um, oh! There's a part two. There needs to be a part two. There are layers. Yeah. I think there's layers in this conversation, and we can continue talking about some horror stories because I don't think we even got to those, but we're already at forty-five minutes. Damn. So, yeah. <laughs> so, my name is Marilyn Americuin. And I'm Leia Traffic, and this is Audra Elamont. Until next time, stay hydrated, be kind, and take your vitamins. And remember to always come as you are. Bye for now. Bye! Bye!